It's another Acoustic Alternatives podcast, this time not done in the studios of Grove Studios, uh, but very nearby, about uh, 10 minutes away from where Grove Studios in in Ypsilanti is located. I'm in the home of Chris DuPont, and he and Kylie Phillips are my guests today, together, as opposed to separately, which you've both been guests on the podcast already. Hi, guys. Hey, thanks for having us. Thanks for having me. It's your house. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I'm glad, thanks. I'm glad to be here. I've been here once just briefly picking up uh, Chris's last CD and uh, never got to see the basement. The magic happens in the basement. It's the, the story of most self-funded solo artists. <laughs> All the magic happens underground. Underground, <laughs> where no laptop. one can see what's happening. Yeah. Well, the two of them are doing a show together February 10th at Trinity House, which is a large reason we decided to get together again, because um, it's been a while since either of you. Uh, Chris, you were my first guest, actually, of the podcast. Are you serious? Yeah. We started the podcast in the fall of 2020. You were actually yes. sort of an offshoot of what Grove was doing. They wanted me to start my own, and they said, why don't you try doing your own with your own guest? I'm like, okay, Chris has a new album coming out. I'm going to do that. And then I realized as I was interviewing you that how much I had missed doing radio interviews with (laughs) both of you and some of my other friends. And I thought, yeah, I should probably keep doing this because this fills a little hole. So thank Mm. you for letting me realize that I was missing this. And then like five podcasts later, you were my guest, Mm -hmm. my first keyboard in there. And we figured it out. We got it to work out. We got there eventually. We did. I like to throw a wrench in things. Well, it's just a little bit more challenging. But now I have a professional recording engineer right here with me (laughs) and we're gonna um, chat about both of you and talk about your upcoming show but I think it's best before we lose people's interest that (laughs) we have a song what are we gonna do first who's who's first who wants to play first Um, I'll start no fighting (laughs) no fighting Um, we'll flip a coin so how about I tune so this can be cut out of the of the pod who knows if we'll actually cut this out Um, so (laughs) we're coming up on the 10 year anniversary of a record I put out called Anxious Animal. We're at the 10 year of that sucker. That album is old enough to ride its bike to the comic store or whatever. You, <laughs> I don't know what you do when you're 10 anymore. Um, but I'm. This, it came out February 2013 when I was a, a much smaller man. So um, I thought it'd be fun to kind of honor that record and play Starting Fires, one of my favorites off that album. Asking that I 
myself in its entirety Till I see the day that in your arms When your sudden fire is in Simply beautiful. Starting fire is Chris Dupont's with some help from Kylie Phillips on Acoustic Alternatives. <sighs> that feels good. Thank you. Angelic voices, two of my favorites, together <laughs> collaborating on music. I, I can't tell you what this means to me to have you guys working together uh, as uh, someone who's been a fan of both of you separately for a long time. <laughs> and uh, the, the, I mean, just thinking of the relatively randomness of me putting together that Alzheimer's benefit show, which mm -hmm. the first four people I thought of all said yes. And you were two of them mm -hmm. singing on stage, uh, you know, separately. And then uh, just kind of randomly separately inviting both of you to go see James Taylor with me, not ever thinking that this would happen. <laughs> like just random things in my life that I go, huh. And here they are together now. This is perfect. I had nothing to do with it, but maybe I knew it was coming. I was going to say, maybe not nothing to do with it. Well, I don't remember. Nothing, You're nothing. certainly walking beside it. Yeah, I suppose. I was there the whole time. But yeah. Anyway, Chris, for the uh, the duration of that, that new record um, cycle, did you ever get to do a full tour? Because, I mean, the record kind of came out at a... Well, we're still in the pandemic, technically, mm -hmm. as far as I'm concerned. Did you get to do much beyond just some regional touring? No, not really. I mean, I did some, as the world began to open up, um, I did some regional touring with my best buds, Nick and Brian from Francis Luke Accord mm -hmm. in Chicago and, I don't know, oh my goodness, Chicago and Philly? Chicago and Boston? <laughs> they, they, they live in two places. Um, but they took me on the road this fall, and that was my first time kind of stringing dates together since the pandemic. But no, Floodplains really never got a proper tour. I really hope someday to play it front to back until, I, until I'm tired in a handful of cities. We'll see if that happens. But um, I put it out in February of 21, and then about two months later, we were all able to get our shots. And so, like... You know, that was a very good thing, but I feel like putting an album out at that time was just kind of stupid because it, <laughs> it turned out that, you know, there were just other things to talk about and be concerned about immediately after it came out. And then we were all kind of enjoying springtime and walking around and not really listening to folk music crying on the basement floor like like I would like us to be. But. I was going to say, speak for yourself. <laughs> right? Some of us were. I mean, yeah, I mean, there were some great albums released both in 2020 and 2021. For sure. It did, the, similarly, didn't get the same road time, air time, whatever, the things that could have helped those records propel themselves to be more known. So, I mean, there's nothing that says you can't continue <laughs> making whatever next record you're working on and then also including a, a CD release show that basically celebrates both once we get back to, shall I say, normal? Because does normal even exist anymore? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I hope I hope it gets to see the attention it deserves. It was a great record, as Thank you. you probably remember. It was in my top five of whatever year it came out, 2021. <laughs> what year is this again? Yeah. 
<laughs> when we spoke uh, last time, to review, both Chris and Kylie have been on the program before. Um, we talked a bit about your, your music career relocating from Grand Rapids to Ipsy because you you got to be a student at U of M. Mm-hmm. I wondered if you kept in touch with many of the students that were part of your classes. Like, who was in your classes that maybe we know about that has continued making music? At U of M? Yeah, the classes you took there. Oh, man. Um let me see here. Um, I, one of my good buddies is uh, Luke Frudig, who runs Lufru Entertainment. He's a really sought-after DJ right now. Um, I'm trying to remember if there's bands at that time that were really successful. This, we were, I was coming up right around the time that um, it was at a stage where My Dear Disco would would be giving a guest lecture. <laughs> that was the, the era of... Um, when I was in the PAP program. Um, Pre-changing I'll, name to Ella Riot then. Yes, yes. So let's see. Um, Katie <laughs> Lee is still oh, yeah. prolifically making lots of music. There was um, a buddy of mine named Kate Wakefield, who is now the front woman of a cello-fronted punk band called Lung. <laughs> and they're insane. They're doing really well right now. Um, let's see. Hannah Winkler oh, yeah. is now um, doing great Michaelson's. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's in Ingrid's band and 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 doing lots of her own stuff. And she and I um, kind of came up together at U of M around the same time. Um, let's see. Pretty much, I'm I'm naming everyone who was in that ARC student singer songwriter <laughs> contest. Hannah Mahas is now back in Jordan, just yep. killing it. Um, but yeah, I got to connect with a lot of great, um, great artists, and and it's cool seeing them, you know, continue to fight the good fight and keep doing this thing, you know. When we spoke last, you were also entertaining the thought of learning banjo. Any progress on that? Oh, man. Oh, you know, I, I want to. I, I don't know. I think I'm going to focus on being a better guitar player. I've actually been, I've been practicing <laughs> and trying to get fast. Because, um, yeah, I, thought, I really thought it'd be fun to play banjo, but I, I, I don't know that I would um, get the mileage out of it that, I would either learn to play in G really, really well <laughs> and then do nothing else, or I would just become totally obsessed with it and never come out of the basement. So I'm, I'm kind of shooting that dream down the road. I think the next frontier is actually going to be getting my motorcycle license. Yeah. So okay. it costs about 10 times as much as a banjo. But it's way cooler than banjo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we also talked about uh, in the last podcast how you were kind of tangentially working on a more electronic project. Did that ever finish? Is it still something you were working on? Do I have that memory wrong? Mm-hmm. That's something I've been doing. It's kind of always been in the background, and I've just never pushed it. Um, so if, interestingly enough... Um, Around that time, uh, a really great artist named Christopher Norman, who you've probably heard, he does lots of production. He produced one of Abigail Stauffer's records. I think it's my favorite at first, if I remember correctly. It's a great album. And this guy and I have kept in touch. He's in Texas now. Um, But we've kept in touch, swapping back and forth kind of synth pop songs. And actually, I was in Target a couple days ago when he texted me and said, hey, man, it is time for us to get this off the ground. Stop ignoring this project. So <laughs> he must have just he must have just caught a whiff of what John Bomarito was about to say because he and I are about I think to so. we're working on a duo EP. Nice. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of you doing. I mean, I love I love the stuff you do anyway. The the more harmonic stuff you've been doing on the guitars with the last album. Um, just you're you're heading in the right direction that way. But boy, I'm curious to see what that would sound like. What is he going to sound <laughs> like in that realm? Because that the uh, the duet on Abigail's album is a very electronic mm-hmm. piece, and that is a taste of what I expected it would sound like. So especially since you're working with that guy, I imagine mm-hmm. it'll sound quite a bit like that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of some stuff that's been floating around Dropbox for a bit. And then with my own solo music, I am working on another kind of acoustic collection, and I'm also working on one that's just like really, really drummy, 80s influenced power ballads with stupid guitar solos. That's also <laughs> happening. <laughs> Little REO so. speedwagon for you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so the um, today mm-hmm. earlier, I got an email and a text from our mutual friend Brad Phillips, Get who out sent me <laughs> work in progress on a song that I've already loved of his, and it sounds fantastic. And I know that you've been producing his new stuff. So 
who else besides Brad can we look forward to hearing you your your touch on? Yeah, oh, I love talking that, about the, that. The, the touch that you put on this record because I've heard these songs already. Exquisite, really great. Thank you. Um, what is that sound? Is that the fridge? Sorry, it's the audio engineer and me going crazy because <laughs> yeah. I turned the I turned the furnace off and I hope we don't hope nothing bad happens. So, we'll uh, so back one. to production. Yeah. So Brad Phillips's record. Um, I'm I'm loving working on that just because just the breadth of sounds that Brad can make. I mean, um, we all knew he was a wonderful string arranger. Um, he's also an excellent guitar player, and he's got this really sweet croon that reminds me of like young James Taylor, and it's just a delight to work on. Um, the songs kind of play themselves. Like I sit at the piano or I sit at the microphone to do back vocals, and it just our instincts just tend to work together. And I just love playing with him. I'm also working with um, wonderful artist Joanna Sterling, mm, formerly know. Joanna and the Jaywalkers. Okay, I think I've heard that name. Yeah. Um, and uh, Joanna, actually, this is funny. It's a pandemic story. I was offering online guitar lessons um, during the pandemic, and Joanna hit me up, and I was like, I, I love teaching singer-songwriters, you know, get get some extra finger-picking chops, you know. And she's already a really great player, but just wanted to kind of stretch and learn some stuff. And um, we realized in that process that we both love, like, 90s Sarah McLachlan and Tori Amos and... <laughs> Uh, kind of the glory, glory day of like piano fronted strong, strong femme artists. Um, and so she kept me in mind as a producer and then finally brought this collection of songs to me. And there's going to be a couple singles coming out just around the corner. Like I think maybe like a week after Brad's single and that stuff's also going to be really incredible. It's kind of chamber folk inspired, but then there's also some kind of image and heap touches that we added nice. in there. Um, and and last but certainly not least, I'm producing Kylie's EP right now. Thank you for that lead-in. Yes, and that's going to be remarkable. It's some of the finest stuff I've ever gotten to work on, and um, I'm just I'm loving how it's sounding, and um, I'm hoping that'll be in your hands really soon too. That makes two of us, <laughs> possibly three. So from Brad Phillips to Kylie Phillips, Kylie, it's your turn, but we're going to have you sing first. Is this one of the songs that you're working on that you're planning on doing? Yeah, it's gonna be a part of the a part of that collection. This one's called uh, "Some Days." Is it in D flat? It is in D flat. It's always in D flat. <laughs> I'm gonna turn the reverb back on. Sounds good.
beautiful thank you i'm so happy that you're you're giving me new stuff to, to be excited about <laughs> probably your biggest annoyance <laughs> when, you put new out? when you put something new out how many times have i asked you that hey i need the i need the pestering obviously <laughs> <laughs> kylie phillips and i met when she was still in high school those who didn't watch the previous podcast we did together or heard us chat uh in any um previous possible studio performances <laughs> and uh yeah just long time fan immediate immediate drawn to your voice and uh i even get i i mean whether i've admitted this to you or not i get emotional a lot when i listen to your voice oh. in a good way mm -hmm. it just it really it gets me here so that's very sweet of you it's it's true if it's very generous that you felt that way when you heard me at like 16 because i listen to that stuff i'm like oh good lord those are still good songs though <laughs> there really are good songs does, does chris knows those, those songs too that, i hope not <laughs> I know a lot of the stuff off the first EP. You don't know the the band stuff, I don't think. We'll see. We'll the see. I'll get drunk Reds? one day and show it to you. And the then Mean I'll Red stuff. Yeah, he, I don't think he's heard Come the on, Mean Those Reds. are great songs. Yeah, they really are. That's that's where it started. <laughs> I don't doubt it. Well, it, it <laughs> notoriously has taken you a long time to put music out. Yes. You you are very meticulous about what you're doing, um, and now you're kind of at a bit of a vulnerable point in your life and the stuff that you're singing about, I believe is from what's going on in your life. Mm. Are you feeling any discomfort about putting these songs out there and or seeing them hmm. in front of people where mm. they can see you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I would prefer to perform off stage most times, but um, yeah, it's especially uh, Chris and I did a co-headline at the arc back in August. Um, and it was sort of, the first time a lot of those songs really, really had an audience. And, um, and there was definitely some apprehension going into that. And, um, Chris was really generous in sort of helping me think through how do I, how do I talk about these songs from stage and, um, in a way that feels true, um, and feels fair to everyone involved and all of that stuff. And, um, so it was definitely a scary, experience but the thing that struck me most was I felt like at the end of almost every song I would hear someone in the audience kind of go mm, like this yeah. this little um little sound of recognition um and connection I, yeah and and that meant a lot to me because um yeah it is it is scary to put that stuff out there and it's really encouraging when you are met with sort of like understanding and um empathy and that was really how it felt i'm not sure if it would have felt that way in every room but that that I night it felt really special so it was kind of a a safe way to like dip my toe into the water well your partner in this project has put out his own vulnerable music too so he, <laughs> he's not unfamiliar with putting out things that tell stories that might be hard to sing about yeah it can be it can be spooky i mean i think one thing that I, how to say this properly, <laughs> I mean, a lot of the songs on floodplains were songs that I just thought were for me. I thought they would never see the light of day. They felt, it almost felt like, it, it felt like maybe I was 
exposing more than I should have. And what's strange is the songs where I think I went too far are usually the ones where people are like, that one, and they grab that one, and it means something to their life. Um, and so at the end of the day, we like the songs don't really belong to you after they've been performed, you know? And so, um, and I've heard it said by a lot of other artists too, that the one that feels the most embarrassing, like the one that's just taken things way too far, like that's usually the one that is the standout on the record and, and very much needs to come out, which is super annoying and inconvenient. Because <laughs> you have to sing it over yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that, I mean, that begs for me the question to you, Kylie, because some of your older songs are about topics you might not want to sing about anymore. Mm-hmm. But at some point, you know, you need to put together a full set if you're going to headline mm-hmm. a show. And I saw in a recent email. Oh, God, there's, there's a, a full set. There's a full set. <laughs> yeah. So there's a full set, which means you might have to play some of uh-huh. those older songs. Uh-huh. Does that make you uncomfortable? Or are you just at peace with those songs because they're, you wrote them in yeah. your past? I think, I mean, I kind of, I kind of think of it like uh, when you get a tattoo and somebody goes like, are you sure you're going to want that on your body forever? And I'm sort of <laughs> like, it's either way, it's an, uh, it's a little bit of where you've been. And I, um, to me, I'm sort of like, yeah, there's, there's no getting away from these past experiences, nor would I want to get away from them um, because it's, you know, it all, it makes you, it all turns you into who you are. And and so um, I think there's definitely some songs that sort of take on a new meaning as life goes on, but there's also some that are just like really beautiful time capsules. And, um, and I'm really grateful to, to have those. So there's certainly been a few times where I've been like, can this one continue to, see the light of day, but, um, but yeah, I, I try to think of it as sort of all a part of the, the story. Yeah. But people that have been following you for a long time and have seen your shows over the years, like you want to be right. Do you mm-hmm. ever play that one anymore? Mm-hmm. No, I don't mm-hmm. think I've heard you do that in a while, but yeah. you used to do that every show. Yep. Does that, cause it, cause it doesn't resonate with you anymore. Is it just, you don't like to play it? It's too hard. I don't just, yeah. as a fan, it makes me wonder like what's going to happen to those old favorites of yeah. mine. I mean, there's certainly some, like that one to me, it's more of a musical thing that I feel like my sound has shifted a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but there's plenty that um, that I'll, I'll try to keep keep incorporating. Well, let's hope so. <laughs> what I, the reason I interrupted when you said, how is she going to make a full set is because like, there's so much new stuff. Oh, good. There's mm-hmm. like, it's kind of bananas. Mm-hmm. There's so Why not a full album then? We're working on it. <laughs> said, I thought you said EP. That's why I'm asking. It, it, we're gonna, yeah. Go ahead. I don't want to. I don't want to. I feel like this is yours. <laughs> this is your agenda. I think. Uh, I think I want to. I want to do an EP um, to get something out. And um, it's time. It's it's been time. <laughs> um, and a lot of. Um, I really, for a while, thought I think I'm just gonna sort of drop singles here and there and see what happens. And then I, I did write a good chunk of songs that I felt like these sort of live in the same world. And I was like a little bit reluctantly accepted the fact that I think there needed to be a little more of a collection. And so, um, so yeah, uh, starting, starting with an EP and then going from there. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. We'll start there. Mm-hmm. So it was a few years ago you guys did, and I was, if it's the show I'm thinking of at the, at the coffee bean mm-hmm. it was a valent un Valentine's type show. Mm-hmm. I forget what it was called. Mm-hmm. Or ruin your Valentine's Day. Is that ruin what we called Valentine's it? Valentine's Day. And that's essentially what's planned for the February thirteenth show. Yeah. February tenth. February tenth, sorry. February thirteenth was the last actually the date of the other one. I think it was the uh, day yeah, before. I think you're right. Um did that idea come from where did it come from? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Whose idea was it? You wanna take this one? I've actually done a a handful of shows at Plymouth Coffee Bean in February (laughs) that got jokingly named, like, Ruin Your Valentine's Day. Um, Because your songs are sad? Yes, that is the consensus. (laughs) Um, And so um, it's it's a thing that kind of like a cheeky idea. Like, at one of them, like, we had Lisa Ritchie at one of them, and she's now in L.A., but she's another really cool artist that I did an EP with back in geez, 2015. I, oh, we're, we're aging, man. Um, but 
but I just I think it's just a funny idea to get together on Valentine's Day and play the stuff we're going to play anyway. Mm-hmm. And the one that we did right before the pandemic, it was just funny. Like we, we packed the place and there was a really good vibe in there. there everything felt really good. It was really <laughs> cheerful. And Rin was there too, right? Yeah. Rin, Rin played a great set. And then, um, and then the world shut down. <laughs> and so, um, you didn't just ruin Valentine's day. We ruined, we ruined the world. Yeah. <laughs> Damn you. Yeah, I, know. I know. I know. We apologize. Well, years later, we've got these like beautiful promo shots of the two of you together, which means I hope there's a lot more of these collaborative shows coming. Those are nice mm-hmm. shots. What are you laughing about? Nothing. <laughs> what are you laughing about? They're nice. And, and they, we got they, so much flack about oh. that photo shoot. Like, that, those photos are so intimate. I'm like, I mean, I'm wearing a shirt for the love of God. Like, calm down, people. <laughs> <laughs> They're lovely. I, I know they are. They make me Shout go. Shout out to Heather Nash. I was going to ask who did those. Beautiful job. Heather Nash. She makes me look cooler than I am. Well, since you're busy collaborating with Chris more these days, do you ever think you're going to be doing much more with Jake Lamond, who's been pretty busy himself these days? He, I mean, uh, I would love to. He's been on the road a lot, which I'm really glad. He's yeah. very involved with Michigander, with that that world, and um. Yeah, he's an incredible songwriter, oh, yeah. um, and hopefully he he played at the Loving Touch on the twentieth, and I was invited, but I was in South Carolina, so I wasn't able to. But whenever he's back in town, I am I am happy to collaborate. He's <laughs> like a machine, though. He keeps churning out the bangers with everybody. He's co-written with a bunch of people. He's just he's one of those people that sort of just opens his mouth and a song comes out and Chris and I are not those people. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little longer. Exactly. So you're working on a separate solo thing. Are you working on new material? We talked a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. Is there any talk about a together project? There's a lot of talk. Can I just be very frank? Yeah. I feel like um, the two of us, like we love like 70s folk and James Taylor and I really just want to do like a little fun EP or record of covers partly because it's fun to sing together and partly because it's going to get us wedding clients. (laughs) Yeah. Man, real, real people got behind the curtain over here. So let's see. Islands in the Stream, Kenny and Dolly, uh, Endless Love, Lionel Richie, Diana Ross. One one that I think because of your powerful voice in the keyboard and your, Chris, your background in being in a hardcore band... Bring me to life, Evanescence. Oh. You do the, wake me yeah. up. I'm going to have to draw the line gonna, of me ever rapping. I, That's not exactly rapping. I think we're going to have to get Felix, Chris's four-year-old, to do the wake me up, because he's got a better scream than all of us. <laughs> I, can, I, I can hear it, though. That would be wonderful, like a stripped-down version of that. I love that song. All right, anyway. Uh, Chris, you've got your guitar tuned. Oh, I'm just, I'm just idly tuning it. I'm sorry. Well, I'm going to let you play another song. Oh, I'd love to. Do you want to hear anything about it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, this one's it's newish. It's called Fragile Things. And um, it's kind of my reflection on the fact that, um, like, interfacing with another person. It's, I mean, we're social creatures, and it's what we're supposed to do. But it is the trickiest thing, um, interfacing with another person. Because everyone that you come into contact with has their own set of, like, trip wires and, you know, like scratched edges and things that have happened to them. And so it's just a wonder that anyone, anyone loves anyone at all. So (laughs) anyway, it's a real, it's a real keeper. Here we go. (laughs) Okay. You ready to party? Mm Mm-hmm. to hate the silence But I would take it over what you said If I still a voice I cannot find it The overgrowth inside my head 
I've seen people snap back quickly Learn to keep the nerd in I'm here stacking the pages thickly But I never seem to get this right I never seem to get it right Is it such a strange desire Somebody to heal beside We live in a room full of wires in the things we left behind Though I don't wanna pull at your seams Our loves are fragile things I got devils taking the measure Little critics calling my bluff You should fabricate something better Cause what you are could never be enough Oh, I feel like I'm strangling a lion When I keep my mind at bay there's so many hills that I could die on But I've forgotten what I came to say Is it such a strange desire Somebody you've decide We live in a room full of wires Pin the things we left behind Bracing my body for the end If love could be more than my willingness to bend Could you help me see it? Is it such a strange desire? Somebody Thank you. Thank you. No, no. <laughs> I didn't do anything but listen and feel and... <sighs> Damn, you're good. <laughs> that is exactly what I wanted. Thanks. <laughs> Don't put the guitar away. Oh, I've got another one. I'm okay, good. <laughs> He's got something to choose from. I know. So, rock band history. Is there a Telecaster back there somewhere? Um, there's mm. like three of them. Okay. Let's see. So, there's one actually right behind Jimmy. you. And then there's uh, there's one there's one right here behind me, and then there's a Strat over in Gear World, which okay. is the closet behind Kylie. Yes. Okay, good. So, is there a rock band in your future? Would you consider going back to doing a project like that? Yes. Um, it's not where your voice lives, but I think you could do something it interesting. It's not where my voice lives. <laughs> I mean, I can. Uh, I don't know that you've heard me stretch. No. Um, I don't know that I want you to, but <laughs> not today. Mm-mm. No, but um, no, I can go louder and higher than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, You've heard it? Oh, yeah. I just keep dragging him kicking and screaming into that. 
because I write high songs. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah, like, um, especially from being a back vocalist, um, I've, I've grown a lot from women with interesting voices very grossly overestimating me. So that's like <laughs> between like at first it was like singing with Abby because like Abigail's songs have all these crazy like head voice flips in places that don't always make like they, they're not always necessary. They're all often like stylistic. So I'm like, ah, like flipping all over and she would just be like, Oh yeah, do it like this. You can. And I don't know why she thought I could, but I did. <laughs> and so I just sort of, that just became my thing is, saying yes and a lot of Kylie stuff I have to be like kind of shrieking and mm-hmm. so anyway to answer your question I don't know I would like to I mean it's it's tough to um have children and keep up with projects and and, and do music full time and then do all the projects that I'm dreaming of but if it were up to me I would have like a Deftones-esque <laughs> thing mm-hmm. on the side um kind of like somewhere between um, melodic emo and trip hop and <laughs> metal. Like I would love to do something like that, but there's not much of a scene for it around here. I don't think. Um, Everything is cyclical. It could come back. Yeah. It, it's gonna come yeah. back. So maybe, maybe I'll maybe the inspirational hit. But I really want to. I want to make Kylie's record and my next sad record first before I start um, buying more large amplifiers. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> good, good plan. Yeah. In between all the projects that you're working on producing and being a father, do you have time to teach anymore? Is that still something you, you do? I still teach, and I love it. Um, I work at um, Ann Arbor Celine Music Center. Oh. And uh, formerly just Ann Arbor Music Center. A bunch of great guitar players have come out of that place. Um, Theo and the Wolfpack guys all mm. worked there. Uh, Max Brown, who's the this Shredmeister guitar player for War and Treaty. He's an alum of that music school. Um, and I teach like a big block of students and it, I love it. It kind of keeps me um, present. You know, I love, and I love watching people learn how to play. I've got young kids and I've also got a bunch of grownups, like people that are in their forties, fifties, just like always wanted to do it. And they think they missed their chance. And what's crazy is most of them are just great, great players. Like you look at their hands and they should have had a guitar in their hands when they were 16, but it doesn't matter because like a lot of times if you sit down and sit with it um, patiently, you can catch up. And I've seen a lot of like excellent guitar players start late. And that's a really exciting thing to see. It's just, there's something magical about it. So I'm still teaching. Um, we're doing, we're doing too much stuff. <laughs> you are but, doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. This explains why we never get together. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming over. Yeah, glad I could be here. We're gonna get together sometime. Okay, love it. When's that gonna happen? Love to have a drink with you and just like just talk. I would love that too. Without without all the gear <laughs> mm-hmm. in between us. Find some time. You are particular about your sound, and I admire that about you. Mm-hmm. So, where, what rooms sound the best that you sing in? Not, I don't, not in your basement, like performance areas where we can see you perform. I have like a churches. Church. I do like singing in some churches, sound like trash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at you, every mega church that <laughs> doesn't spend the right amount. Uh, so, you know, let's not do that right now. No, um, no, they're just like dead carpeted rooms with, you know, you know let's not go there. So, um, I, I love singing at the ark, obviously. There's just, that place is magical. Um, I do love singing at Trinity House. That's going to be, it's just a great room to sing in. Um, I love singing in like big cathedral style churches if I can. But I, to be honest, I'm not as picky as I used to be. No. I'm, I'm not nearly as as much of a fragile thing, if you will, as I used to be. <laughs> um, one thing I'm really happy about from hitting the road, I don't think I'll ever tour to the extent that I did Um like in 2016, 17, I don't think it, I don't think that I've got the stamina for it. But when you're in a different room every night, there's some great rooms, there's some horrible rooms. And I just decided I'm not going to buy a fancy microphone. I'm going to show up with an SM58 every night and I'm going to just do my best to just make this work. And I'm like, if what's coming back at me sounds like trash, I'm going to try to make it trash that's on key. (laughs) And, 
and I'm going to be less precious about it. And so now I just like to sing, man. I just, I, as much as like the guitar is my first language, I just love the experience of using my whole body. And I kind of just don't care where I'm doing it anymore. I feel, I feel just happy getting to do it. And especially with people I love, like getting to get up there with like, like the Kylie and Brad and the rest of the crew that's playing with the Chris DuPont extravaganza these days, doesn't really matter to me where it is. I just, I'm having a blast. It's a good thing. I've enjoyed every time I've gotten the chance to see it up top of the park arc. Where else have I had a chance to see it? That might be <laughs> it. Um, those were fun shows. Those, were, those we were, were fun shows. And I think the top of the park was the first time that um, Felix, my son has seen me play. Really? Yeah. Because he's almost five now, but because of the pandemic, like he couldn't go to stuff. Um, and so it was just funny seeing his face. He just looked so confused. <laughs> That's what you do? Well, if you, if you try to sing around the house, you get yelled at to stop. And it's hard to explain to Felix, like, Dad gets paid money to do this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he got to see it with his own eyes. <laughs> it's a good thing. Do, do I mean, you both have been performing around town for at least a decade plus. Do people recognize you when you go to the stores? Either of you? I'm like, oh, hey. Not me, but him. Well, you get the church thing, so we, we both have the church. We thing. call yeah. it a, it's a verb that he'll come home and say, "I got, Chris I got Chris Dupont. Duponted at the but store." But it's Chris Dupont. It's <laughs> like Dupont because <laughs> they don't know how to say your name. <laughs> no, but I'll like, but if I'm being called out in the grocery store, I always get first name, last name. No, it, it hasn't happened in a while. I feel like after the uh, so before the pandemic, I'm gonna tell let you in on something. I used to like go to Kroger, like with sunglasses oh, on, goodness. but that would make it. <laughs> I just thought it would be funny to look like a jerk, <laughs> but it made it worse because, like, if you're wearing a disguise. Yeah. But who's, then, who's that guy trying to hide? Who thinks, I know. Who's that guy who thinks he's so important I know. over there? But then COVID happened and everyone's wearing a disguise. And yeah. so it didn't mm-hmm. matter. No. And so now, and there's not as much of that, like, 1 or 2 a.m. going to Meyer for some wine or booze. Because they're only when, open at midnight now. Mm-hmm. But exactly. that's when people run into you, uh-huh. is when you're, like, really late at night. Buying alcohol uh-huh. and like gummy bears and nothing else. That's when like a church lady runs into you. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my goodness, look at what yep. he's buying. Yep. <laughs> so we're going to shift back to Kylie. Uh-huh. Uh, important. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Bailed on you for a second there. <laughs> a lot of your songs um, are autobiographical, and I wonder, as a songwriter who tends to write that way, if you've ever thought about writing an autobiography. Ooh. An actual autobiography. I don't know if I'm important enough to write an autobiography. Well, you might be someday. You should <laughs> maybe, start writing it now. Maybe someday. Um, I do. I do enjoy writing. Period. And so, um, I, I write for fun sometimes. And um, I don't know if I would ever assume that anyone would want to, if the public would ever want to consume the things that I write. But I do enjoy writing for my own. Uh, entertainment and pleasure and externally processing. So if it's well know. written, it's interesting. Like, okay, we, we both are, I mean, you're, you work with him, but Stephen Kellogg, mm-hmm. he's not, he's not like an artist of the Bono caliber yeah. who's going to be like a book that everyone's going to consume, but his book is great because yeah. it's his personal life stories mm-hmm. and he has his fans that bought it and mm-hmm. that that's enough for him. Mm-hmm. He's happy with that. Yeah. So, I mean, you're still, you haven't, you've been doing it long enough, but you haven't been like, focusing on it like you are now and mm-hmm. I'm glad to see that mm-hmm. so maybe as you focus on it you will find that people are paying more attention mm-hmm. to you and they would be interested in that I just didn't know if like that kind of writing was some kind of writing that you did or not mm-hmm. and see there I learned something new look at that Kylie I'm, would you write okay I have a question oh you have a question I have a question so if you had to write a self-help book oh that was like your assignment that's what you have to get done this year what would your self-help book be called what would it be called? What would it be called? <sighs> Goodness, I don't know what the title would be. I know what it would be about, but I don't know what the title would be. I have some. Oh, I want to. I, I want to see if my guesses are okay. right. What would it be about? Do you have a title in mind? No, I have a topic in mind. I just want to see if we match. It would be a, about um, how to be generally optimistic. That's not what I thought you were going to say, but that makes sense. And also how to be organized. <laughs> I will read that book. See, I think what you should write is a self-help book about um, your experience of 
the the value of quiet. Ooh. Now those are books that have there are books like like there's a book called Quiet and Yeah. But but like I feel like if you wrote mm-hmm. I feel like you could write a really interesting like somewhere between Young Pueblo uh-huh. and and self-help uh-huh. and memoir that's about <laughs> it's okay to be quiet. Yes. I I love that idea and also it really goes hand in hand with my views on how to be generally optimistic. It's so to shut up. It's to shut up. <laughs> to stay home and shut up. Maybe that'll be the name. The stay name will be and... stay home and shut up. And on that note, I, I will give them, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to steal the mic from Kylie, but <laughs> one of our fake bands, no one steal this because I'm going to buy the web domain, but the domain. we want to start a band called Shut Up Honey. <laughs> and that might be that might be the name of our band at I Trinity really, House. I really like this. I'm, I'm, I'm in support of this. <laughs> <laughs> it seems that you're you're writing a lot more than you have in the past mm. as was there something that released your brain to to go ahead and to start writing mm. that you can talk about? Mm-hmm. I mean, I was in a, a relational situation where I was struggling. I'm not going to say I couldn't, but I was struggling to um, communicate verbally. <laughs> and um, part of that was on me and part of it was on the other end. But it sort of became, songwriting became kind of like the place where I could uh, let those thoughts and feelings out, which sounds like such a cliche, but I, I, I remember telling my best friend in that season, I was like, I have never been more grateful for songwriting because I was feeling really lonely and really stuck in my head. Um, and I was like so, so genuinely grateful kind of like what Chris said about floodplains, like felt like I may never play these songs publicly, but I was so grateful for kind of like the pressure release valve to get them out. Um, and so, yeah, that, I think that was kind of the, um, the catalyst for all of that was like, I need somewhere to let these thoughts out. Um, and now I'm just trying to kind of keep that train rolling, but also um, find, I don't know, find other, you know, other uh, inspirations besides personal struggle to <laughs> write about. <laughs> as, as I brought up in my last interview with the previous guest, it's hard to write a song like Imagine or What's Going On. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to write about what's going on in your world mm-hmm. than what's going on in the world around you. For sure. So it's e- it's easy to understand why that's the mm-hmm. first thing that comes out. Yeah. But, you, I mean, you almost have to, like, assign yourself a, yeah. I'm going to write about Ukraine or yeah. something. And that would be difficult. But We were just having this conversation the other week because I was saying um, someone I really admire is Ben Folds mm. because he manages to create these entire, like, narratives with, like, characters and storylines and whatever. And some of his songs are autobiographical, but also a lot of them are just, like, these beautifully detailed stories. And so I'm, I don't think I'm at that level, but I'm, it's something to play around with. You read a newspaper, pick up a newspaper and go, oh, there's a story about a guy who lost his job, mm-hmm. Fred Jones Part Two, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. like, that's probably how he does it. He mm-hmm. gets it from the headlines or yeah. something. Who knows? Yeah. You've done the solo thing and you've done playing in a band, small band, you've mm-hmm. played in wedding bands. Mm-hmm. Where's your happy spot? Which one do you like the best? Singing with a full band, singing by yourself, duo? I mean, they all have different pros and cons. I do really love, I'm a big sucker for drums, and so I really love full band stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really love, I really do enjoy the wedding band stuff because I was just saying to Chris the other night we played at a church and I didn't have to play keys, and I was like, something different happens when I get to just sing, that's when I feel like I'm really in my element. Um, and so, yeah, so the gigs when I just get to focus on that and I don't have to play keys are usually the most fun for me. I think you told me in one of our interviews, you learned piano so that you could sing. Oh yeah. It's all just a <laughs> vehicle. It's like eating celery so you can have peanut butter. It's the same thing. <laughs> I do love celery and yeah. peanut butter. 
but I also put it in my salad. <laughs> There's a show February 10th at the Trinity House in Livonia that these two will be performing songs together. And uh, there's going to be a band that includes Brad Phillips. Who else is in the band? Johannes Stauffer. Your housemate. Uh, yep. Who uh, many will know him as um, Abigail Stauffer's brother. Um, if, you, if you're like plugged into the, the music world. But he's he is definitely his own person, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and he's he's my he's my pride and joy. He's such a bud, <laughs> and uh, and also our really good friend Nate Veldhoff, who's a, a fantastic artist. He plays a lot with Becca Broody and a handful of other projects, and um, he played bass and back vocals at the Ark, and just a just a great vocalist and person. Mm-hmm. We just love having him around. So actually, all three of these. Um, the sidemen are each going to like lead a song too. Like we're going to yeah. have them come do a solo bit. Mm-hmm. So it'll be, it'll be a party. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be really fun. Mm-hmm. Chris and Kylie and friends. Exactly. exactly. They get to be the and friends. Yeah. <laughs> are you going to be, be doing two sets and playing like two, two, two songs, two songs, two songs? We're going to do a little back and forth and, uh, and then a lot of, you know, there's going to be a lot of collaborative stuff. Cool. Yeah, it'll be fun. Do longer chunks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I look forward to it. What song would you like to perform as your second? I'm going to do a song called uh, Float, which is one of my favorites. And it's funny because for me, this is like a an optimistic song. But when I listen to the lyrics out of context, I'm like, oh, even my optimistic songs <laughs> are not very optimistic. Hence the Ruin Your Valentine's Day show. But But yeah, this one's called Float.
It's hard to talk after these songs sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> They're heavy and beautiful, and I don't, I don't know, always how to react. Like I just, I just want to like pretend I'm not interviewing you anymore and listen <laughs> for more music. You guys, it is so good to see you performing together. Um, to see you both happy. It's very good to be happy. <laughs> I like that. The songs might not be, but the people are. And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with this and what happens with collaborations and, and all the things that we've talked about. The future looks pretty good for you, both of you. <laughs> happy about it. Once again, February 10th, Trinity House in Livonia, an upcoming solo show that we apparently can't talk about yet. We can talk. We're still, we're just finalizing the date, but it'll be end of March. Okay. Venue. Can't talk about the venue yet? I don't know. Probably should. End if, of March? Barry's show. Oh, oh yeah. That's, That's going to be so BA. <laughs> no, I think it's, I think we can. I think it's, Those it's are essentially private invitation only shows anyway, though. Um, well, people that listen to this podcast mm-hmm. can call us up to mm-hmm. try to get personally invited. Just well, get on my mailing list. ASAP, and Invite then you'll get me. all the details. Mm. Yeah. He and I were talking about you at the eBird show. So, Uh-oh. Yeah. He wasn't familiar. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Do you not pay attention to what I've been doing for the last decade? <laughs> Thanks, Barry. I thought you liked what I did. <laughs> anyway, thank you both for inviting me here to do this in this Beautiful, intimate setting. Uh, those who are listening to the podcast, this is probably going to be one of the better sounding ones. <laughs> to those viewing the podcast, sorry. It's going to look a little messy. Uh, cameras that there's no good spot to stick. I'm using an iPad to capture just who was singing. It'll be a bit of a mess. But without Grove Studios pushing me along, encouraging me to invite you as my first guest, Grove Studios really is the reason I'm still doing this. Wow. So i got to give them a shout out mm-hmm. because I wouldn't, I probably would have, the number of people who said when I was looking for a job who said, you should do a podcast. And I'd go, no, A, I'm not going to make any money doing it. B, do we need another podcast? Mm-hmm. And then I realized it doesn't necessarily matter if we need another podcast. This is actually mm-hmm. good for me mm-hmm. because it filled a hole when I lost my job. And wow. this was the hole that most needed filling was talking to you guys about music. So, As, as a person who uh, appreciates you as a human being and also as a catalyst and an encourager like your your voice is very important and no one is as good as you are at this so i'm i'm grateful that you're still doing it don't make me cry (laughs) it's always the goal that's how you know it's working awesome all right you've been with us for a long time Mm -hmm. and a shout out to grove again um that was the we booked one of their studios Mm -hmm. for full band rehearsal before the arc and it was a Mm lifesaver Because as you can see, my studio area is very <laughs> narrow. Like it's, small. it's so like you can you can do a lot down here, but fitting a six piece band <laughs> with a drummer is a nightmare. We we tried it, but also so Grove Studios is like just fills like so many gaps in the community. So mm-hmm. big thanks to them and and John, just it it must be said, you've just been believing in me uh far longer than I've deserved it. And so I really appreciate um, that we get to do this right now, and that we get to. It's just like it's just like being on the radio, <laughs> only I longer, only longer, and <laughs> I'm in my PJs, so yeah, I'm loving baby. this. <laughs> well, I mean, it was your first album that you gave to me, which you don't really do much of that lay no claim stuff. It shows that I can even think of like when was the last time I heard anything from that record. But there was stuff on there that captured my attention. <laughs> yeah, and it was enough for me to go, wow. And then the next album was like that. Okay. <laughs> There's the guy. So, all right. Anyway, thank you. Next guest lined up for the podcast, as long as things go as planned, is Jess Merritt of The Understory. Yes. And it'll be oh, another yeah. out of the studio experience. We're going to experiment with uh, seeing if we can do something like this in her home, but she doesn't know if she can. So we're going <laughs> to find out on Monday before we try to actually pull it off. So. Those are some pipes that mm-hmm. rip the roof off. That's kind of why I wanted to that. do it. Mm-hmm. So there we go. Well, again, thank you to you too. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you haven't checked out the previous interviews with both of these fine artists, please do so. And I will see both of you and everybody who's listening at Trinity House. Nice.